It is time to tune up the band and be partnered up with a talk show host because it's time for another Sweet Chinwag podcast. I am Sam and I am joined as ever by Dan and Reardon. Hello there, gents. It's the first one. It's our first one of the holiday season. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) It it, it couldn't come any sooner, but my God, has it come round very fast. It's the first episode of the... uh... I was gonna say chin wag vent, but that makes no sense. That sounds chin, stupid. Chin wag wag, no, I like it. The wag vent, the wag vent calendar. No, 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 the wag vent calendar. There we go. That's um... even though we're not doing this daily at all. <laughs> because because even... I would scream if we were. <laughs> like even if, even if like we had the energy to do it, which we don't. It is 2020, and we do not have any remotely the energy for this are you guys trying to drop really me... need 20 days straight of rest like the oh. answer is no i was gonna say you guys were trying to drop a hit of content for video of the youtube no next year. No. no no we are not and <laughs> screw you for even bringing that that question that idea <laughs> i've only the... done one piece all right, all right, all right, like all right, all right. To organize. we will shank you with a candy cane sam <laughs> And on that Christmas-related note, we give you this podcast with a bow tie thanks to those lovely people at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and soon-to-be wherever you get your podcast fix. Always forever pending with a neat little bow. Um, Before we get on to this episode, which is all about celebrities in professional wrestling, it is time to mosey on over and visit Dan in his grotto of wrestling with this week's wrestling news. Hang on, hang on. I need to do something Christmas related. Hang on. Da 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 Feel Excellent. free to hate me as much as you want. Oh, it's only going to get worse from <laughs> here. Yeah, it is. Uh, we at the Sweet Chinwag podcast are unfortunately actually about Christmas time. So if you dislike the holiday season, these part, these next few episodes it might be a little bit rough. We apologize. You better, you better get festive, partner. In the words of DDP, <laughs> you better get on it. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Like DDP, man. Well, <laughs> all right what have we got what have we got this week all right so let's start off and let's start with our favorite group of i'm gonna phrase them as enhancement talent um retribution oh because like i have no idea what's going on and uh reckon okay so reckoning who is me again by the way if you don't know just in case <laughs> you will uh, know this week <laughs> has now been has now been dropped from the group retribution because her mask came off like 30 seconds into the match and so if it wasn't already abundantly clear that reckoning is in fact Mia Yim uh well now here's your here's your like video evidence and also the fact of uh Dana Brooke did a uh did a tweet afterwards uh, referencing the match and she added Mia Yim and not the not the retribution account <laughs> Wow! So that is yeah. absolutely amazing. I love everything about but, that. But hey, at least Slapjack got a win. It's something. What a ricochet! It's something. 
Look, right, all intents and purposes, I really do like Shane Fawn. Uh, but love Shane Fawn. But, uh, but uh, it doesn't really do much. Go back, go back, the man. And watch the, go back and watch the Fire Pro stream vod to see how much we love Shane Fawn. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> how he got a buy into the semi final of that, I will never know. Yeah. Because Shane Fawn is a tactical genius. Um, but, like, it, it, and, like, there's the whole thing of Ali going, there's no failure in retribution. Like, I'm sorry, bro. I think you may have missed the memo. <laughs> oh. I know there's trying to make stuff work, but maybe you're reaching just a little bit. So, fun fact that I found out this week, thanks to Mr. Mr. Blompier over at WrestleTalk, is that this is the third kind of infiltration slash hacker gimmick wwe have tried in their history and again the third time it's fizzled out into absolutely nothing it's almost like this entire storyline was started with no idea of where it was going to go dang you're right first gtv then sammy callahan now retribution oh god like that that's the that's the biggest thing to say for this though, because like at every single point that everything could have been abundantly clear and cleared up as to like who retribution are, why are they there, why are they doing what they do, and why are the members the members right and mm. every single opportunity we could have had to do that w w e was just like, okay, but now we're just gonna turn off down this complete random side path, and now you don't care, yeah, it's just. Right, like it's, like, it's just disappointing. It's, it's really hard to overstate how it almost feels like they would have to have put effort in to make <laughs> it this ridiculous. WWE in effort? What kind, what kind of bizarre world is that, Dan? Because, like, there's, there's just so many small bits that are just like, oh, we're here because we're pissed off at WWE and we're going to start giving them crap and terrorizing them. Because I love the premise of that. But then they got contracts, so I think that's null and void. Then but then they got, co- then they were like, "Hmm, we'll just stay on Raw." Then they got contracts. <laughs> then they got, then they respected the rules of the brand split. <laughs> I, uh... For an anarchist group, they're respecting a lot of order and structure. <laughs> like, from hearing how Adam would rebook it to listening to how um, Bryson Dillon. Uh, on making kayfabe how they went about kind of rebooking uh, retribution as well it's just it's sad watching what could have been and what it actually is like i don't know why each of the members is there because like let's be real mustafa ali we know he's good right he can just stand out on his own dio madden's an absolute unit Dominic Dijakovic you know, is Dominic Dijakovic. Yeah, like, built like a built like a unit and can do everything as crazy as Buddy Keith Lee does. Hmm. So I don't know why though why he isn't being used as like a like an absolute force. Yeah, because I think you've got a pretty easy thing with Dio Madden. The hmm. guy's massive. He's hench, yeah. and he can and he can just like lift people up like it's fun. So. I mean, like, I guess I'd say the only one that's a bit difficult would, I guess, be Shane Fawn, but like, he's a, he's a he's a noted tag team wrestler. Not that WWE cares about his tag division that much, but mm. 
like he'd have an easy place there and you, there's so much you could do with him me yim could just be part of the women's title picture anyway yeah at least if, at least if we're thinking about it in the realm of nxt because she readily was mm. maybe less so when it comes to main roster it writes but... itself when you think about it doesn't it but certainly a lot of it is very easy to <laughs> kind of make sense of but but then it's vince i guess it all comes back to to to, ah! to, 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 that, to, to him yeah so like again we're, it feels like i'm walking, running around in circles when i think about things like this yeah <laughs> but please dad can you give us some positives out of raw is there anything positive out of Raw? Nikki Cross's new gimmick is that she's Scottish. Yay, that'll do. <laughs> that'll that do count? That's God. literally just her gimmick. It's She's Scottish. Oh, so basically she's in the same realm as Drew McIntyre's, <laughs> Drew McIntyre's writing at the moment of Raw. Yeah. Nice. Like, what? The, like, the only segment where we saw her was when she was talking about St. Andrew's Day. And while I do appreciate WWE giving a mention to that, it's a little bit redundant for Nikki Cross because we already know very full well that she is Scottish would have any kind of association to it. Listen, if we're going to have them both have S- Scottish gimmicks, we need them to do one of two things, or maybe both at the same time. Oh, they even need to be of warring clans... Or at least just be Highlander. Like, just straight up be Highlander. Look, there are... Or both at the same time. I will accept both. I was going to say, Reardon, look, we're one step away from Highlander with Drew McIntyre. He came out with a claim. That is true. That is true. Where is Drew, his cousin? Drew, Drew McIntyre kills Roman Reigns with an actual sword. <laughs> I want that for WrestleMania. Actually, no, 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 no. I want that for... The, the, the pay-per-view after WrestleMania because we've got to have Big E win the WWE Championship. Listen, okay. listen. All I'm saying... WrestleMania I'm... 37, Drew McIntyre fucking kills someone. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I would I would be kind of hyped to have like Drew McIntyre about to put the sword put the sword to Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns just spits out that it's better to burn out than to fade away. I'm not going to lie. That'd be kind of hype. <laughs> Since when, when, when in the blooming heck did WWE get anime writers in for the creative team? You know, I'm actually kind of surprised they haven't. I was gonna say if they got anime writers in, um, it would be one, it would be one interesting episode than a bunch of filler. But to be fair, all we're getting is filler right now between pay per views. So, is is WWE Bleach right now? I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> At least the filler episodes in Bleach were somewhat interesting. Anyway, no, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, enough of this weeb shit. What uh, else we, we got? Now, we now know that we have uh, AJ Styles versus Drew McIntyre at TLC. I don't see Drew McIntyre losing, but I mean... That's a match I've, I've been wanting I've to... Look, not uh, to expect. It's a match I've been looking forward to. Like, if there was one thing with with um drew coming back i i was like the one thing i wanted to see was him versus aj because it always seems that when when aj is where drew's going he's always seemed to have kind of left so when drew went to impact aj was in new japan when um, yeah. drew came back to nxt aj was already on the main roster and then when he got called up aj was on the other show but finally like their paths have now diverged they are now they're, they're now together and to see i'm looking forward to that match for sure because i know those both could put on they can put on great um great matches 
it it remains to see if they can work well together. But I have high hopes because AJ can work well with pretty much anyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that was followed by a failed cash in of Money in the Bank by Miz, which I think is. While it seems like a stupid idea, I think it's quite good though, just to make it seem like he is paying attention. Yeah. Like he fucked up, yes, and it did look goofy as hell. But like we actually saw Money in the Bank seem vaguely relevant. Yeah. Finally. About time. About time. I mean, is are they gonna? I don't. I, oh my god, I don't want to dare say it, but are they gonna be pushing for Miz versus Drew at WrestleMania? I can't I, imagine. I, that I can't. sounds. That sounds fake. I'm sorry. That sounds real fake. No way. Surely. I feel like. Right. I feel like we might. I feel like we might get a Seth Rollins type thing. Yeah. Miz mm. bashes in at Mania. Might yeah. Possible. That Here's the thing, though. I feel like the Miz of now is far better than the Miz of 2010, 2011 when he had that oh, absolutely. Um, so, in all honesty, I would not mind seeing Miz as as a WWE champion now than if it were. I mean, back I that still time. think I still think they're like three years too late. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I agree because he had but, that like, amazing. I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah, he had that amazing run a few years ago, uh, especially that that shoot promo. Well, sort of shoot promo that he did on Talking Smack as well, um, yeah. up with Daniel Bryan. And I think then I think his his momentum was right there for the picking. But then he had that rivalry with Shane McMahon, so you know, less said about that, the better. <laughs> um, next up we have, I mean, just Jeff Hardy in general. Ow! What is the man doing? Ow! So if you've not seen this. Um, this was the Symphony of Destruction match. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, which was a hardcore match with musical instruments. You and... just get it. They're both they're both musicians. <laughs> so the match ends after uh, Jeff uh, puts Elias through a table with a swanton, but um, Jeff kind of miss. I guess he kind of miss. Not missed, but I guess he didn't. Ex- well, didn't or didn't expect just how close he was to the steel steps to where the table was because when he came down he smacked his head the back of his head clean on the bottom of the step and it looked rough very rough dude's um, like 39 but for all intents and purposes apparently jeff did not did not show symptoms of a concussion and walked walked out of his own volition so we'll see We'll see what happens, but no, that that was that was rough, and it reminded me a lot of what happened to Matt during his match with Sammy yeah. Guevara uh, when he hits him. Yeah, the concrete. less said about that, the better. Yeah, oof. Um, but I just hope Jeff's okay, because uh, yeah, cause absolutely, because something rough, and especially the man he, he's been doing that since he was, God, since he was fifteen. Um, so the man, the man deserves when he does retire, the man deserves to walk out of his own two with his own two feet. Um, so the stuff like this makes you go rest his body exactly exactly so when you see stuff like this it's like oh jeff are you all right please be all right why <laughs> i mean i jeff i think believes that he, that he can only die outside of a wrestling ring so real talk i think jeff thinks he's made out of the same material they use to make stretch armstrongs I'd believe it, frankly. <laughs> He's just so pliable and he could just bounce off of anything. 
<laughs> Moving on, Dad, shall we? <laughs> that uh, just finally, just just finally for Raw, it's just going to be a comment by me. I don't think there's much to really get into with this, but like the women's tag te- tag team title picture is just pointless. It's atrocious. Mm. I think it's the it's, worst. It is mm. literally just been held by Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax for literally no purpose. I, they, I don't mm. even how many how many times have they defended it. I can't. You know what? At this point, I can't even remember. I don't even know what matches count it. as a defense or not. Exactly. Mm. I know they had matches. They've basically all been with either like Oscar. They all featured either Oscar, Lana, or um, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. That's it. Which is weird because they're interbrand titles. <sighs> but they've only been defended on Raw. I. I... I, 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 atrocious. I'll go back to saying that. Moving to something that has decent tag titles, NXT. Hey, there we go. Just quickly to go over to um, NXT UK, just to say, if you haven't already seen Rampage Brown, do it. He's amazing. Yeah, he's truly fantastic. If you want to come over to NXT UK and you haven't seen um, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews, watch them. They're amazing. Yep. Lovely people as well. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> oh, man. No. Um, can, if we're talking on the subject of tag teams, can we talk about Grizzled Young Veterans? Because, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I was just going to talk about love... them coming uh, up against uh, Imperium. Oh, man. I love, I love <laughs> um, Zach Gibson. I think in terms of, like, if you want, like, true heel heat, have... A scouser boast about why Liverpool is the greatest city on earth and why Liverpool Football Club is the greatest football team on earth and why the Beatles are the greatest band on earth. Repeat that verbatim and get the whole crowd booing. I'm so glad. I am so glad that it translated so well from the British independence to WWE. You, you know what, actually? I can tell you just from experience. I like, for like that whole um, stereotype about Americans not liking football or soccer, if you're wrong. Um, yes. This, like, um, that's actually slowly breaking, if not broken. A lot yeah. of like, a lot of the Americans that I talk to have their, have their um, Premier League teams. I think I think it's a thing that's slowly coming slowly coming across because so like from what I understand from my friends in the US football brackets soccer <laughs> was like it it had a, in like the early 2000s it was like the hipster sport mm. oh gosh <laughs> because it was like it was like the people who didn't enjoy like the mainstream american sports or they either picked it up at, at like college, <laughs> or they were Latin. <laughs> that makes yeah, that, that was yeah. like that was like the only that was like the only prerequisite. <laughs> but now it's like slowly kind of broken more into cultural consciousness. Obviously, with like David Beckham going to LA Galaxy and whatever. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, um... like it's it's when people don't get surprised when I say to them like. No, you do realize like one of the biggest footballing cities in America is Portland. Yeah, like, I did not know that at all. In Portland, like the Timbers are probably like the number two team behind the Trailblazers, who are their NBA team. Yeah. Wow. 
Bloody Oregon. Like Portland loves Portland loves football, and they're probably one of the they are probably the American team that has the most passionate following. That is fascinating. God damn it, Oregonians, the hipster state that is Oregon again, doing it again. <laughs> all they need is like all they need is a league that's literally like you know. I actually like sorry. I know we're going off track, but I have to just quickly. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts on this because I've discussed it with my dad, and my dad was saying like, what needs to happen is that like colleges if the colleges actually did like a league it would be as big if not bigger than american football yeah i'd say that if if american colleges cared about football mm. the same way they care about their care about their other collegiate sports so i believe they have collegiate baseball uh yeah football, um, i know i know wrestling. i know they have i know they have obviously ncaa football and ncaa basketball mm. um, which are like huge and like call it oftentimes college football stadiums like the fucking biggest venues in states which i think is fucking ridiculous <laughs> but i'm not here to rant about the ncaa and their <laughs> and their questionable rules um, uh... but no i think it's i think it's amazing though my uh, my favorite thing about this was i enjoy the i enjoy the inherent kind of cathartic feeling i get from watching a battle between a representation of uk and europe yes <laughs> yes and this match delivered in that the rest in the re in the wrestling sphere where it's two british people fighting an italian and a german <laughs> oh i delivered it in spades as well those guys oh man i talking about like how good and i will go on for days about how good gyv are but god damn are marcel bartel and fabian eichner so good in the ring i fucking love bartel Bartel is um, is just such a good ring technician, so damn good. And then Fabian Eichner being as big as he is, doing the agile things that he does, is insane. So like, well, yeah, because people forget that um, Fabian Eichner was in the Cruiserweight Classic, wasn't he? Yep, <laughs> one of the heavier guy, or one of the heaviest guys as well in the Cruiserweight yeah. Classic. <laughs> so yeah, damn. So good. But talking talking match. again of UK versus Europe, we then had um, the interaction between Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa, mm. Uh, mm. which was great. Mm. I love the visual of <laughs> Thatcher turning away and then Ciampa suddenly appearing. Yeah. Oh, I'm. It looking... gave the it gave the impression of like you know when you're playing a game and like a texture doesn't load in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just suddenly appears. <laughs> Oh no! This is a match I'm looking forward to at War Games. I'm really, I'm really happy to see it. I'm, I'm wondering to see if, like, just because I see it as the kind of thing Champa would do, just to spite Timothy Thatcher, that Champa just decides, like, no, I'm going for the submission win. I don't even care. Yeah, yeah exactly. It is well within Champa's character to do something like that. Like, it literally just to be like, no, fuck you, I'm winning by submission. <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, I think that would suit, I think that, I think a submission finisher, with, a submission finish would suit Champa to the T, really. Yeah, I think it would. He is a psychopath. Dude, if, you want, if you want some help sorting that out, Tommaso Champa, hit me up. <laughs> I've got ideas. <laughs> Um, what else did we have at NXT? Oh, yes, we had the continuation of of the Boa and uh, Zia Lee uh, story. Can I just say I'm I'm ever so slightly worried about this? 
Yes, because they were... I mean, well, first of all, Reardon, uh, if you've mm. not seen this uh, uh, little promo package or the continuation of this, I'll give you a description of this of this week's one. They were basically okay. being waterboarded. Oh, Yeah, it was what? Chinese... It was basically Chinese war torture, where they were Yo. constantly having their heads dunked underwater. Yeah! <laughs> Guys! And then, Can we not? And then the hooded figure, of course, they bow to the hooded figure... And then just when you think the promos or this yeah the vignettes done, they they both get hit with kendo sticks. End scene. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna say why I'm worried about this, right? Go on. Because they might we, be drowned and we, die. Can, can we please think about who the two latest Asian additions to the WWE rosters have been? Mm. They are Jiro. The ace yeah. of all Japan. Yeah. And Mako Satomura. Oh. Neither of them are Chinese. Oh. They're both Japanese. Oh, boy. This is, yeah, that wor- that worries me quite a bit, actually. So I'm really worried that it, like, might be Mako Satomura. And in that case, I'm going to be, I'm going to be really pissed off if that's the case. Same. I, oh, my God, no. Oh. Because they've done so many very oblique references to this being Chinese. Oh. And if they just put a Japanese person at the head of it, I'm going to be very, very confused and ever so slightly annoyed. Yeah. Same. Same. Unless they have unless they have someone in line that they haven't mentioned, which is an entirely real possibility. I hope so. Should we move on? But yeah. that's, that's, that's my one... That's my one bit of fear <laughs> oh damn it um i'm just gonna say this in contention for my most improved wrestler for the year raquel gonzalez yes yeah she's put she has been improving week by week and she's she ever so slowly growing on me yeah she's putting in the work man and it is paying dividends because man she Dude, it's, cra- it's crazy to think that nia Jax has been in wwe for like four years and has gotten progressively worse and then raquel <laughs> gonzalez has been on like nxt for a year and has been getting weak better week by week it's insane seeing the degradation of nia Jax. yeah yeah. It's actually like it's actually kind of ridiculous to see how much Raquel Gonzalez has improved since her first appearance. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, and just just quick, just quick other notes as well. Um, Jake Atlas is amazing. Got a great win over Tony Nice. Mm. Um, interesting to see and just wait to see what they're going to do with him. I'm just going to maintain again. WWE changes finisher name back. Let him handle that because it's erasure. Yep. Um, Cameron Grimes is like my favorite pseudo vaudeville villain. Yep. <laughs> but that's the only way I can describe him. <laughs> uh, and then I'm kind of hoping that Leon Ruff just pops off at TakeOver. Yeah. I. You know what? Real talk, I hope so as well. Like I've been really, I've really enjoyed Leon Ruff's work so far, both promo and in ring, and this whole storyline. I'm looking forward to seeing how how it pays off. 
at war like, games. I'm, like, I'm, re I'm readily taking in the fact that honesty is kind of devaluing to the North American title. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it is kind of ruined where it was from, like, being, from, like, where Damien Priest was with it and really taking it up to that next level. Mm. But, like, in the same vein, I, I kind of love Leon Ruff more for it. And I'm, I just yes. kind of hope that when we get to TakeOver, he's just going to absolutely pop off and just be doing, like, all, everything. Yeah. And they're actually going to give him a solid win. Yeah. We, we'll see. Preferably over, preferably over Gargano. Yes. Yes, that was what I that was what I was about to say. No, I, I fully agree on that one. But we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, come War Games for that one. War Games! Yeah. War Games! War Games! Uh, just quickly... Dropping over to SmackDown because we've got a whole bunch of other stuff we still need to talk about. Hmm. Um, but for SmackDown, uh, I guess a kind of feud is brewing between Baron Corbin and the Mysterios. I think so. Um, Baron Corbin was accompanied to the ring by two former members of the Forgotten Sons because they finally got something to do now after the dust is settled, after um, the person who I'm not going to mention um, decided to be an absolute ass and continues to be an absolute ass. Yep. Um, so it's happy. I'm happy to see them doing something now because they definitely didn't deserve to be punished for the actions of their former teammate, who is an absolute idiot. Yes, wholeheartedly agree. Um, I still have no idea what the hell the Mysterios are <laughs> in like relation to anything, because like they're faces, but then they just keep interfering in matches and keep doing other stuff and i don't know if i have a reason to actually even particularly like them which is a shame because i do really like dominic yeah yeah I'm, I'm... so i don't know what they're still doing kicking around with murphy it's i i don't know whether i'd so... i'd literally rather just them let dominic and ray go for the tag titles agreed agreed um WWE came back again with its 50-50 booking and having Bailey loose to Natalia. Mm. No idea what's going on there with that. Mm. I'm even going to try and understand it. Yeah. Uh, looks like we're getting Sasha Banks versus Carmella at TLC. Cool. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, like... <laughs> okay. You... <laughs> no, no, you said it. You said what you said. No, I said it. I said it. And look, the reason I'm gonna say the reason I'm gonna say it is because they're trying to they're trying to sell Carmella as a credible threat to Sasha Banks' title. Yeah. And like, okay, if you want to try and be real about this, okay, Carmella has won Money in the Bank twice. She has experience winning these kinds of you know, winning big matches. She has been a champion before. Yes. But, like, also, there's no way they're going to... Are they really going to let Sasha Banks lose to Carmella at, at the next pay-per-view? Yes, because apparently Sasha Banks' track record proves that she can't hold a title for very long. So I'm well, She's not... already had her first defense, though. I know! Which is oh, sorry, it wasn't SmackDown, though. Exactly. Exactly. No. I swear, if Carmella comes back and wins... I... Look, it's not out of the realms of possibility. That's all I'm saying. I didn't come for Cor for Corey Graves' horny booking. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was the really, really weird-ass match with Kevin Owens and Otis. 
versus Roman and Jey Uso. No idea what's going on there. I I feel like I I'm witnessing like a very kind of um, brothers completely ha- or the older brother completely hating his younger brother by hazing him uh, with with Roman and Jay like. Because it's get, uh, with Roman and Roman and Jay now is just straight up an abusive family relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's really peculiar. Like I mean, I, 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 mean I, I mean, if you wanna if you wanna make it more oblique, that like at some point Jay is probably going to turn on Roman, then I mean, that's a way to do it. I mean, real talk as well. But I am still thoroughly enjoying Roman's heel work. Like, oh, dude, I love yeah. it. I think it's yeah. great. Also, real talk, is this just like the McMahon storylines only with Samoan people? Oh, kind good of. Lord. My third eye kind... has been opened, Reardon. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I I know where you're coming through with like maybe sixty percent of that because Prophecy. it is literally just a family trouble storyline and basically I, I, yeah, I, I just McMahon. all I want to know all I want to hear is Roman Reigns you see you see say, the difference is though is that Roman Reigns hasn't bought out WCW yet if you want to buy it from that random guy on Twitter who claims he's reviving WCW <laughs> then by all means go ahead remember he owns only um, 50% of all the in- yeah he only buttons. owns 50% of the trademarks though yeah just 50% <laughs> I have to say that was one of the funniest fucking things I ever saw this week. I woke up, you guys sent me that, and I was like, "I must be still asleep. What yeah. is going on?" <laughs> the, the, the the thing, the fun, the even funnier thing about it though was obviously I saw that and was like, "Lol, that's that's funny. It's just some, it's probably just some dude getting like stupid with his e-fed shit." Yeah, and then I was be. like, "Wait, people are taking this seriously?" And then I was like, "Oh god, this human race might actually be a little bit doomed." <laughs> See, then he popped up again later and then had one for ECW. It was incredible. <laughs> oh, um, and then just quickly he had the six man tag match, which basically had every single contender for what I assume is going to be the IC title picture. I, 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 I akin this one and I kind of called this one in my head the Pat Patterson tribute match because, in a sense, yeah. all these guys have been intercontinental champion. And uh, yeah, it's it was kind of nice to see the OG belt as well uh, at the side. Um, great, absolutely great little match. Um, yeah, it was it was fantastic. It didn't outstay its welcome either, which is always the problem with these six man tag matches when everyone's so hastily hodgepodge put together. Um, well, because I'm I'm gonna say this, and it's kind of referential to something that we had been saying uh, uh, earlier, but. I think we're slowly building up to <clears throat> Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn. Now, I know obviously both of them are complete madmen, but we know that Sami Zayn has been ramping it up. Yeah. Do you think in the match with Bryan he drops out the Brain Buster? I mean, mm-hmm. he already he already tr- he already did that on the hardest part of the ring. What's no, that? but I mean the ring, uh, OG Ring of Honor one. Yes, I I think it's. Very likely, and then both of them die. Also applicable. <laughs> but that was always the modus operandi for Ring of Honor. <laughs> Touche! Ring, Ring of Honor 2005. You might die, but that's a sacrifice we're willing to make. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the rules for the pure championship. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, let's go over to AEW, man. 
Oh man, it's been crazy. We, we, so let's we, try and get a recap on this winter. We joked about the name of it, but boy, apart from the name, did they deliver and then some? Yeah, no, it's been pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Just to see kind of the the fallout of it, um, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this gets referred to as an event that kind of has the significance of you know the first All In show. No, no, granted, because it did have. It certainly felt like it had that gravitas for sure. Um, oh man, like I mean, I, mean, I, only... I think, I think, I think, I think the the real bookend to this is the fact of Kenny Omega is now AEW champion, but that feels like a footnote. Yeah, especially after, especially the the aftermath of him winning that title as well. You know, you know, John Moxley's been on what a ten month reign. Yeah. Yeah, he's held, it's been a long hold. And, and so for us, for the, type, for the title change to happen and for us to be like, okay, but all this other stuff first. Yeah, so... Uh, really we, shows you the importance of everything that's happened. Should we, should we start with the first big thing that happened? Well, let, 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 let's, go, let's go with the big thing. Let's go with the big thing. <laughs> the big thing. Guess who showed up on AEW? I know this, so if Reardon, if you don't know this, then... I do know, and I'm uh, and I'm like, oh. It's oh Stang. <laughs> no, dang it, no, not. <laughs> <sighs> like, no, you know what? It's it was great, honestly. It's great to see Sting. Honestly, it's great to see him. The only thing that worries me is that his profile page on AEW.com has a win loss record on it. That's my uh, that's, that's my problem. Yeah, as well. I, that's what I'm I'm like. The that dude, dude is, is like cool. 61 and had like multiple neck surgeries after fucking what he went through with Seth Rollins. Yeah. yeah. What is he doing? So if he wants to be there and he wants to like be the manager for like Darby Allen the same way Arn Anderson is for Cody and Jake Roberts is for Lance Archer, then I'm all for it. Yeah. But the dude, the only thing I will take is if there is like, I don't know, some weird ass case where I don't know for some fucking reason where like I don't know. He has to have a match against like fucking Arn Anderson or something. Yes, cinematic match is what I thought. If there was only going to be a match that he that if the, if he, if you want to put Sting in a match, do a cinematic match because if the Boneyard match proved anything, is that even a guy at that old age you can still work around that by doing something like that. I don't know why you would want to want to work around a guy. Well, do a cinematic match with a guy that's basically on his last legs but you do you boo <laughs> yeah but it's it's just like i when i when i saw his roster page and i was like why does he have a win-loss record and why is he under the coaches the manager section <laughs> yeah but no i honestly think like it was a great great like great way to to reveal him and i feel like the oh the, dude i think it was fantastic the entrance was amazing i think the addition of having the snowfall as well with the shout out to um ruckus for the music as well yeah oh man honestly real talk ever since his crow theme i honestly think that's his best theme song and that's yeah, nothing's TNA really gonna WWE. beat the crow theme nothing will beat the crow theme but that comes pretty close to equaling how good the crow theme was um yeah, I just all I can say is it's good to see him back. We can speculate what he's going to do. It's kind of we know he's on a multi-year deal. What that yeah, will I think I think, we'll I think he's going to be I think he's going to be pivoting to a more kind of 
managerial coaching role. I wouldn't be surprised if they have him doing more stuff. Of God, let him pivot to that. <laughs> we can only hope and we'll pray. Uh, second big thing the come out of Winter is Coming. Um, it has that. to be... Oh, man. So, right, we, we mentioned that Kenny had, of course, won the AEW Championship. Um, but it was under very, very dubious circumstances. So, kind of nearing the end... We're nearing the end of the match with uh, with Kenny and, and Mox. And Mox goes to do the paradigm shift outside into a heater. And Kenny looks like he legit hit his head on the concrete. Because the way the camera had the, the, the shot... He looked like he really hurt himself, and like referees then suddenly start rushing down. Um, and Don Callis, who's on commentary and who has been for the past several weeks during Kenny's matches, um, comes out of the commentary booth, removes his headset, and walks down to check on Kenny. Moxley, of course, is doing the whole thing of he's just rushing about. The referees are pushing him to tell him to give him give Kenny space because he looks like he's hurt. Callus is there, and Moxley just goes, ah, screw this, removes all the referees, pushes Callus out of the way, brings Kenny into the ring, and then Don Callis, of course, grabs the microphone, or tries to grab a microphone, and says to, um, and tries to say to the ref, stop the match, Kenny's hurt. No, look, Kenny's legitimately hurt, and Moxley goes and decks Callus straight, square in the face. He's down. And some, I don't know how Don Callis did it, but when he's gone down, He's suddenly, the mic in his hand suddenly been rolled into the ring and it now is in Kenny's hand. Great camera work by being able to yeah, hide it's amazing. Mm. Uh, and, there's, and then Kenny decks marks straight in the head with the with the microphone. Four free triggers, a one winged, winged angel, and Kenny Omega is now the new AEW champion. Hoisted His arm hoisted into the air with Don Callis at his side, laughing. And rather than celebrating in the ring, they leave. They they scarper out of the uh, daddy's palace. Like any reasonable person would do if they won the title in that circumstance. You just fucking book it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, and before they could even get in a, into a car and leave, Don Callis announces that uh, the whole world will know what will what what ha- what just went down this Tuesday. The interviewer goes, uh, "But AEW's on a Wednesday. No, this Tuesday on Impact on Access TV." Drives off, end of show. We're getting an interpromotional war here. Here we go. And if anything, I've kept saying about how much I love the whole concept of more collaboration in wrestling. Absolutely. I mean, look at it this way, right? AEW now has working relationships with the NWA, AAA, and now. Well, it seems like it's all but com- like properly and officially confirmed. Impact. Like, do they be, do they have any? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Do they have? They... Don't forget. Um, don't forget. Triple A already have connections with Impact in the first place. Yeah. So, like, man, I mean, we were talking when this went down of just like, like some of the kind of like now kind of like the dream scenarios now that this could entail. Um, yeah, like I, I mean, we could go on for ages about like dream tag team matchups, dream singles matches. But yeah, like the, absolutely. But this is massive. Like, I mean, my hope from this is that maybe this might be the catalyst for New Japan to go, I tell you what, 
there might be some there might be some good good business practice to now I finally go would... I, think I was actually gonna. Was I was actually gonna ask you guys about that because I I assumed that they had a working a small working relationship with New Japan anyway. Yeah, there wasn't a great uh, this year it, because of course Jericho yeah. came out at Wrestle Kingdom with the AEW Championship, put that on the line against Hiroshi Tanahashi. So mm. there is there has been bridge building there, of some there, sort. There kind of is. It's kind of also. I mean, as as ever is the situation with New Japan, um, kind of the the heads of New Japan's egos have been questioned as to whether or not they could handle it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, let's not um, forget Moxley's still United States champion. <laughs> well, that's the well, that's the thing, and I think I, I mean this is just this is just kind of speculation from me. Don't take it as fact. I still think they are a little bit annoyed. About the situation mm. regarding Moxley, because obviously they were gonna have Kenta versus Moxley, and then do their big expansion into US with New Japan Strong. Yes. So now AEW's come along and kind of screwed that. Ex- yeah, exactly. Which um, I think is having um, a kind of impact, because honestly, if I'm New Japan, I'm just like, all right, I need to get that fucking belt off him straight away and back to us. Yeah, there there is a part of me that is like that. Um, with I, I and I would be justifiably miffed off with that, you know. Um, I don't know if this is Tony Khan's bidding as well. Like, I wonder if this is Tony Khan trying to build the bridges, or if this is uh, the Bucks, Kenny and Cody building this bridge. It's an interesting one to. It would be interesting to know who's the one trying to liaise with each company um, about this. Um, if I had, if I had to guess, it would probably be Kenny because Kenny's spoken a lot about how he wants to build relationships between promotions. Yeah. yeah, and obviously, you know, we say obviously Kenny Omega is AEW champion. He's still AAA champion as well. Yeah, so that man's a dual world champion right now. So, mm. you know that that's another factor to put into it. But I would imagine it's probably his work and less so Tony Khan. Yeah. Uh, but then, then again, though a lot of people have been <laughs> calling Tony Khan into question recently on a, on a separate thing. Yeah, indeed. Um, so my dream scenario out of all this is that I would like to see New Japan have this working relationship, but also to continue having that working relationship with Ring of Honor as well as CMLL. Um, that would be for me. That would be a kind of a real dream scenario. I think, but the, I the... think the, I think the only the only hang up with that is that Ring of Honor aren't that happy with AEW. Exactly. Especially that's going to be the real half their roster. That's going to be the real hang up. <laughs> um, well, it's just a lot of the guys that obviously are now in or now responsible for AEW, obviously working Ring of Honor, use that to build their profile. And then exactly. next thing you know, they've started AEW and they've taken half the roster with them. Exactly. It's It's... That would be a dream scenario, but when you really think about it, you go, "It's probably less honestly, than likely my, to happen." Honestly, my dream, my dream scenario out of this is probably some kind of AEW slash Impact into promotional pay per view. Yes. Hopefully, it'll um, be as obviously you know. I, I would, invasion. I would, I would love to see an AEW New Japan thing happen. Yeah. But honestly, if I'm if I'm New Japan, I would just be focusing on New Japan Strong. Yeah, they've I mean, got their own they've got their own people there that they can 
they can manage that with. Obviously, exactly. AEW is going to be a competition to it, mm-hmm. but you know, I think I think if they want to combine, say, New Japan Strong and Ring of Honor, I think they've got something solid there. Yeah, and let's not take away anything from Impact because, as we've been saying, no, 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 Impact's absolutely been not. doing amazing work this past year. <laughs> If any, if anyone who's listening to this saw my tweet, um, they'll see that I said um, AEW can finally have a good women's division by stealing Impact. <laughs> I mean, that's one way. Oh, doesn't change. Doesn't, doesn't doesn't change the atrocious booking though. But uh, but, but still. But yeah, like, what's the, what's left to say about Winter is Coming? That is a great moment for the history of AEW, and hopefully, hopefully it'll be it'll lead to some really really interesting wrestling in the next Dude, I few hope, I hope it will, I hope it will lead to some really some really big things. Yeah. I think it's everyone's hope. <laughs> I do just want to say though, if anyone's looking for an opportunity, maybe, you know, Ring of Honor or AEW if you want to expand into the UK. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you untapped, know. untapped potential market here, I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but just finally for the last of the news we're going over to New Japan to just kind of go over the tournament scene right now yeah. uh, World Tag League uh, Chaos current well, both teams are part Chaos are leading right now mm-hmm. uh, 1 on 10 uh, and then you've got um, uh, Goto and Yoshihashi on 8 yeah. I may have got that the whole way around Uh and everyone else really coming up close behind on eight Suzuki Gun, <laughs> GOD, yeah, Finjuice, Okan, and Cobb. So I mean, everything's looking really close, really interesting just to see. Mm. Uh, in terms of best of Super Junior, right now we've got four different people on ten points. Really super interesting to see. I have no idea where that's going to go. Yes, indeed. Um, and then just quickly, just to kind of talk about the uh, Super J Cup. Man, um, this looks amazing. The lineup and when you look at Super J Cup is when you when you when you look at some of the matches that you got going on there. Clark Connors versus Chris Bay mm. looks amazing. Um, ELP versus Leo Rush. Oh, I'm so excited for that match. Is, is amazing. I, I I mean I'm putting it as the one. Don't don't sleep on Ray Horace versus Blake Christian. Yes, that match is going to be amazing. Yes, because. A lot of people might not have seen Blake Christian because he does lots of stuff at GCW, which mm. a lot of people don't like to look to watch. Yeah, because mm-hmm. GCW is often attached to like the fucking backyard shit. Yeah, it's a very blood and guts promotion <laughs> sometimes. GCW, but like, do not sleep on this match. No, because this match has the potential to be amazing. Mm. Let alone when we get round to the latest stage one and we get Chris Bay versus Leo Rush. Oh. <laughs> that match is going to be incredible. That match is going to be great. Like, they will absolutely tear the house down when they do that. So, like, again, just please be aware. And if you can catch that match, do it. Absolutely, absolutely. But otherwise, we are done with the news. Hey, that's probably one of our more longer news segments for sure. <laughs> a lot um, has happened. <laughs> a lot has, damn, yeah, a lot has happened this week. So, recommendation corner. Be sure to go onto YouTube and look for our YouTube channel. Our very first video is up where our, the lovely Dan here interviews Kenny Kilbane of New World Wrestling. They go over the formation of the company, who they're bringing in, and the future of the, of the promotion of New World Wrestling, uh, all leading up to their launch party 
on December the thirty first, if I'm uh, if I'm correct there, Dan. You are correct. So yeah, all the socials and all for information for that, plus our own socials, they will be in the link in the description below of that video. But yeah, if you want to see Dan be an amazing interviewer, go watch that. <laughs> and with that, it is on to our main portion of this episode, celebrities in wrestling. <laughs> now, celebrities come in all forms, shapes and sizes, and in wrestling they can be good and they can be bad. But sometimes they can be a combination of good and bad. And then sometimes they can be absolutely darn well atrocious. <laughs> We're going to cover our personal best and worst, but a brief little history as well into celebrities in wrestling. And kind of, in a sense, one of the very first celebrities, big mainstream celebrities that came into wrestling. we got to talk about Muhammad Ali, of course. Now, his history with wrestling is quite kind of very integral to how Muhammad Ali became the greatest of all time. Of course, he took his kind of his swagger and the way he would kind of build up hype for his boxing matches from Gorgeous George. And I believe he actually met with Gorgeous George a number of times. And uh, if memory serves me correct, and I might be getting the quote wrong from Gorgeous George, what he said to Ali was... Um, expect them to hate you because when they hate you that generates more uh, more ticket sales <laughs> or something basically, along the lines that of is that. that is basically what he said if i'm it was like i think it was um something along the lines of people will pay a lot of money to see you get punched in the mouth that's something the one, yes. yeah it's like yeah. people will pay a lot of money to see you get beat yeah <laughs> and and in all honesty i think that that kind of really was kind of the credo, I think, for how Ali kind of carried himself and how he managed to kind of sell hundreds upon thousands of tickets throughout his entire career. Mm. Uh, the uh, funny thing is, yeah. though, is as much as I've been a, a, I've been a fan of Muhammad Ali, I don't know that I ever quite got the, never really quite internalized the actual intersection between the way he presents himself and wrestling. Yeah, because actually yeah. now I think about it, a lot of the stuff he does, it feels like a wrestling promo. No, he absolutely, he absolutely did. He absolutely did all that kind of stuff. And some of the stuff he said was like, I have to say this as someone who absolutely loves and adores Ali. A lot of the stuff he said was not okay. No, no, like no. all, like listen, Ali, I love you. May you rest in power. But calling someone an Uncle Tom was not okay. <laughs> Not okay, my. It dude. generated hate. It generated nuclear hate in terms of. <laughs> I don't know if that was the good, good kind of heat. No. Yeah, but that's that's Triple H versus Booker T heat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It really, exactly. it really was. Like no, so it was you, not good. So would you two gents like to know or have a little brief talk about uh more two of Ali's most famous interactions in the world of wrestling? Well, I know one of them. So one of these very first kind of interactions in wrestling was uh, a WWF uh, show in New York um, with Gorilla Monsoon just squashing an opponent in the ring. And Ali, he's goading Ali to come into the ring. And Ali's like, he rips his shirt off, runs into the ring, takes his, takes his fancy, like, brogues off. And he's ready. He's shadow boxing and with gorilla like circling around gorilla monsoon and monsoon's just swatting the punches 
To which Monsoon goes, you know, screw this, I've had enough. Picks Arlie up and does an airplane spin to Arlie that goes on for about 30 seconds. And then just drops him to the ground. <laughs> you never mess with Gorilla Monsoon, Arlie. And you've been, you paid the price for that one. <laughs> that is hilarious. Would you mess with a guy who goes by the first name Gorilla? I wouldn't. I, I find that amusing for like a couple of reasons. <laughs> Because it's like, one, yeah, you don't mess with a guy whose name is Gorilla Monsoon. That's a name for Brown. <laughs> but on the other hand, like, like um, did, I went to um, like actually just before he died, there was an like an ex an exhibit on mm. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. That yes. like showed everything in the O2. It was really good. Mm. But the thing that it kind of like really made me understand was how bigger guy Muhammad Ali oh he's an was. absolute unit yeah like because you because he moves so quickly and like he's relatively thin for a guy of his like build mm. you forget that he was like six foot had size 10 shoes was an absolute goddamn unit and often sparred in like in like good shoes and and like like actual suit trousers, and yet was still as fast as he was. Are you trying to say, Reardon, with me being six foot and having size ten shoes, that I could be the next Muhammad Ali? I'm absolutely <laughs> not saying that in the slightest, <laughs> and never say that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so we know the second match has gone down in either well. Who, Determine who you talk to, whether the one, well, the most famous or the most infamous match. Yeah, it was yeah. it was the crossover match of a generation. We had Japan's biggest star, like he super who superseded professional wrestling and became like a huge pop culture icon. As a matter of fact, this man um, was the sole per was the sole person to negotiate with Saddam Hussein to release Japanese prisoners in in Iraq. Yes, it's talking... ins it's insane how many times that comes through as a weird intersection for like it celebrities. Really it really is. Yes, we're talking about Antonio Inoki <laughs> versus Muhammad Ali <laughs> in the. I know, obviously, we're talking about Muhammad Ali versus Antonio Inoki, but like, <laughs> can we talk about? Can we just get an aside for the fact of literally? In that hostage negotiation, one of the terms was they had to do a wrestling show yes. in like Iraq. Yep, that was one of the terms. Like that was that was one of the terms, and that just really makes me question, like, what was the prerogative there? See, for, I think Antonio Anoki's been the only person that has wrestled in Iraq and North Korea. Dictators like, are gonna dictate. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a person we're going to mention later has a connection to North Korea. So. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, he does. That's, why I'm, that's what I'm saying. Dictators are going to dictate. But no, the this... Dictators just want wrestling shows or something. Exactly. It, oh, God, yeah, I, could, exactly. I, could, I, could, I was, I was going to say something, but you know what? Let's just move Should we on. Move to the match? Should say we move it. for a quick synopsis <laughs> of, of this match? Um, so Go it ahead. was pay-per-viewed to, I think, about well, a lot of countries. I remember it was something in like the like the tens of millions, I think, were watching this match. According to, according to statistics of the time, 
Because, you know, it's Muhammad Ali. He can draw seats. And, of course, Japan, a lot of Japanese viewers are going Basically, to pay Basically, the whole of Japan was probably tuning in. Yes. So, yeah. if I remember rightly, this might have taken place in the Tokyo Dome. I believe it might have taken place in the Tokyo Dome. Um, but uh, but don't quote me on that. But, yeah. So, it's automatically five stars, right? Uh, automatically five stars. <laughs> And the match was several rounds of just a no-key, knowing that he couldn't go toe-to-toe with Ali and just laying on his back and kicking him in the shins. Hey, look, whatever works. Look, you know what? Say what you will about Antonio Noki. He's smart. He's smart to know he can never go toe-to-toe with Ali. I'm not going to say anything about any strategy against Muhammad Ali. It's Muhammad Ali. Look, all I'm say- all I'm saying is, right, he's a boxer, so he doesn't know how to deal with it when someone goes to ground. Exactly. Yeah. Like, what do you do? All you <laughs> like, I mean, obviously, boxers know to do more than just punch. But when your primary function in your sport is you need to punch someone until they're on the floor, what do you do when someone's on the floor already? <laughs> just jostle. Just jostle with them. You just, just stand like, there. Rope a dope for a little while, Arlie. But no, this match, uh, again, well, this match, well, he did a lot better in his bout against Superman, let's be honest. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> but no, this match, match goes down. I guess, as I said, goes down in infamy because it wasn't the greatest match of all time, let's be honest. Uh, but it does, it is a great kind of like foundation point uh, or a, a pivotal point because that match, if you can, you know, I guess you could say, kind of almost gave birth to mixed martial arts as we know it. It was one of the very first matches that had mixed martial arts rules. Um, one person could wrestle, the other person could box. And so I guess somewhere in the 90s, someone had an idea to then put it, put a cage around them and have them go at it. <laughs> so that, ladies and gentlemen, gave us mixed martial arts. Thoughts and feelings on that one, guys. <laughs> 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 no, my point exactly, Reardon. Anyhow, that is a brief... I guess you could say the very first big celebrity that came into the world of professional wrestling. And of course, you know, more and more would come down the line as we know it. But rather than going through a history of that, I'd rather we talk about our personal favourites throughout the history of professional wrestling, as well as some of our worst. So, i tell you what, let's start with our best, and we'll talk about why... Are, they are our best so we'll go from three to one of uh of our best of our best starting with reardon so i had a few here but there's one that just kind of amuses me just on principle so i'm gonna put mine as wayne rooney oh hell yeah <laughs> it was brief <laughs> but very memorable. I love yeah. that moment. That was great. So the thing about Wayne Rooney that I've always loved is that he is just like, and I mean this with all the love in my heart, he's just an absolute lad. Yeah, yeah he is a big-time football lad. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I, it's hard, to, like, how do, how do we explain it to our listeners who might not know about Wayne Rooney? Wayne Rooney is like, is like the purest rags to riches footballer I can think of. Mm. Like, I think I think that I think the easiest way to put it is it's kind of, he he's kind of that he has that sense of like again it's it's hard it's hard to try and explain. It's, hard to explain. Like, it's, I, it's literally I, that feeling of like he was literally a 
a local boy to the team where he ended up playing for quite a bit of time, which was Everton. And, yeah, and and boy is right because he started at sixteen. Yeah, I think he made his. Oh, maybe fifteen or something. I think he made his first appearance for them at fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. He scored and... his first goal for them at sixteen. I know that because it was against Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> and also, and also had to be told by his coaches, no, you can't like play football on Sundays with your mates. You're a professional now. If you get injured, it will screw everything over. <laughs> He's that guy. So like. For him to be a wrestling fan as well is absolutely not a surprise. <laughs> it's like, of course that dude. That as, dude I, as, I, as I turn as I turn to Sam and say, you know, is the, it, is the north of England got storied wrestling history? Yeah, damn right it does. <laughs> yeah. Does the vague Liverpool or Manchester area have a distinct history in wrestling? Up, oh, I mean, look, right. When you say Manchester, Davy Boy Smith, that's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying as a clarifier for the people in that are listening to us that may not know that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Let's be I'll be honest, the North is basically the wrestling hotbed and was for the longest time for British. It's wrestling. the North or it's the North or the seaside. <laughs> exactly. Those are your two options. <laughs> oh man. So uh Oh, but it was yeah. a great moment for Wade because he was at ringside and Wade Barrett's just goading him on, go and poking at him, go, why don't you sit back and go and go where you belong? And then just Wade really slaps Barrett right in the face. And oh, sells God. it extremely well, does does Barrett. It's just the best. It's just the absolute best. Especially considering like we've seen there are definite like there are videos of Wayne Rooney looking pissed off. So he absolutely looks like he's about to like actually legitimately shoot nut Barrett one. Like just <laughs> oh, like just... I can't lie, if that actually happened, I would have loved it even more if he just oh, straight up nutted him. It would have been amazing. Oh. Do we have is it is there any world where we have an intersection between wrestling and Vinnie Jones? There, oh, oh, I'm glad you brought that up because Vinnie Jones I, I'm did just indeed say, make an appearance in WWE. I don't because I was gonna say I don't have him on my list, but I mm. vaguely remember something like that happening. So Vinnie Jones, uh, for those who don't know, was part of a well, was a special guest in about 1998 uh, for their WWF like their exclusive UK pay-per-view. Remember when they used to do like exclusive UK pay-per-views for Skybox office. Yeah. So this yes, one was called right. Capital Carnage and he comes oh, was out. Nine, yeah. Capital Carnage 98. Sorry. And he yeah. comes out. I think during, I've comes out to just kind of like have a promo. And I think Vince comes out along with Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson. God rest your Pat. Um, and then Pat Patterson shows Vinny a red card and then just decides to punch him. And I think this was, of course, during the time where Vinny had just retired and was doing promo or like promotional stuff and interviews for Lockstock. So he was just about to go into his acting career at this point. Yeah, I was going to say because I, I mean, I can't remember exactly when, but obviously he won the uh, he won the FA Cup as part of the Crazy Gang. Yes, with yep, yep. Uh, AF with uh, the original Wimbledon. God rest the, the God rest the club. The, on, the only Wimbledon that matters. Screw you, MK Dons. You <laughs> exactly. Hey, look, we still give respect to the revived AFC Wimbledon, but the original Wimbledon stays in my heart because that's literally like ten minutes from where I live. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but rest assured, I think football and wrestling in this country in particular, as well as boxing and fo- uh, wrestling, have a very, very kind of 
a very symbiotic relationship, I think. Well, because I was, was going to say, because then I was just thinking about the same vein. I was just thinking like lots of boxers and stuff, and like they come from they come from the north. So like Ricky Hatton's from Manchester, but he's also a massive football fan as well. So I feel like they have a very distinct kind of intersection. Exactly, mm. exactly. So um, Dan, uh, your third pick uh, for best celebrity guest in wrestling. Uh, so. My my number three is going to be going to the dark times, known as the Royal Guest Host Era. Oh, oh God in heaven. <laughs> like, 99% of it was awful, and uh, two of the people from that era will be mentioned in my bad list. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to mention the one time they actually got it right, and that is Bob Barker. Absolutely. I never thought Bob Barker from The Price is Right would interest me so much in the wrestling sphere, considering <laughs> also as well that we don't have that version of The Price is Right in the UK. No, we do not. And I'm pretty sure by the time this episode aired, The Price is Right was like an archaic concept to the UK. Yes, because it was... Uh, like, it was a TV show that was on in, like, the 80s and then was never aired again except on, like, Challenge TV. Exactly. Yeah. For, for our listeners that don't know what Challenge is, it's basically a channel on UK TV which just re-airs old episodes of, like, quiz shows. And it is Impact for a, for a while. Yeah. Yes, and, and Impact. It, and also, it is unbelievably almost repulsively watchable yeah <laughs> i will say there is one thing that i watch on there is takeshi's castle with, exactly. craig, with craig charles narrating over oh, it, it, oh that is it. that is wonderful no doubt but i had a moment there where like for i'd say at least two sorry we're weeks... going we're going on it we're going on a uk quiz show tangent just quick <laughs> I does mean, anyone just... here remember the tv show golden balls no i do not i no my my one of choice was um was catchphrase that was me catchphrase is good that's now revived it has stephen mohan on it (laughs) but also uh, but also for some magician (laughs) yeah but it was also strangely enough watching bullseye of all things oh god yeah bullseye bullseye was a quiz for our listeners that don't know bullseye was a quiz show where you had to play darts yeah and 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 the biggest prize was winning a boat it's... No one ever won it. God, British quiz shows are just a weird ass tradition. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Bob Barker because he did his own version of The Price Is Right when he was guest host, uh, and he had, if I remember rightly, he had on the panel he had uh, Vicky Guerrero, Santino yep. Morella, yep. Erwin R. Scheister, Mister yep. IRS himself. One of the greatest methods of gaining heat of all time is being referenced to tax. (laughs) (laughs) And the best moment was Chris Jericho. Now, I say best moment for a a lot of reasons as well, but I'll let Dad explain the promo. But the fact he came out in his ring gear and had a name tag on his boob. <laughs> like literally, it's like ever. it's like they because he's there, he's in his ring gear, and obviously Chris Jericho's ring gear at this time was literally just like the like the briefs, yes, and yes, then, like the right. boots with like the kick pads and nothing else. So he's just got this like sticker over his chest, <laughs> and it's just it's basically just like 
two minutes of Chris Jericho just going, I can't believe this is so stupid. I didn't want to sign up to do this. And then Bob Barker just goes over and starts talking to him. And it's like, you better play the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird seeing, a, 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 I was going to say a young Chris Jericho, but a Chris Jericho of this time just being fucking put down by Bob Barker. <laughs> look, look, if Bob Barker's taught us anything is you don't mess with him. I mean, Adam Sadler paid the price for that. <laughs> Terrible like, price. <laughs> like it, it's it's such an incredibly goofy state uh, yes. segment, but I love it so much just because there's there's just so much fun in it. Mm. There's again, it's one of those times where you can really tell like they are enjoying what they're doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, I mean, also just the visual of seeing Chris Jericho there standing next to everyone else as well. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so for me, my one of my uh, favourites, it, it, it may kind of surprise a few people, but then I realised, as we were talking, I kind of realised it, and then go, actually, you know what? Yeah, he was blooming good, and that is Leslie Nielsen. Oh, as Frank yeah. Drebin from The Naked Gun. Alright, but let me just say this, though, because Sam knows this. I'm fairly sure Reader knows as well. I fucking love Leslie Nielsen. Yes. You do. And I fucking love the Naked Gun movies, Police Squad, and, oh god, is it Young Dracula? Yes. Dead and loving it. Yes. Yeah. I love, like, all of those. I think they're fucking incredible. So, right. This was during New Generation era, which we all know was an absolute train wreck for the WWE at that time. Uh, but mm-hmm. this was during the time where they were where Undertaker went missing and there was an imposter taker. And so throughout kind of all of nineteen ninety three, up until SummerSlam, Frank Drebin was on the search to find the Undertaker in these great backstage little vignettes in the style of uh, Police Squad and Naked Gun. And I just feel like if you're gonna have like a perfect kind of like celebrity kind of like appearance that was so well thought I can't believe I'm saying this for WWE, but this was so well thought out and so brilliantly executed. It, it's it's so good because like I I think that I think also for me the another element of comedy comes from they simulated like police squad or the naked gun in the search for the undertaker yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it one makes... of the most like deathly serious characters and then you have like all the like the hilarious multi-layer pun comedy that comes from the like the police squad style <laughs> yes exactly because like i'm because now obviously i'm now just thinking about it. i'm just thinking about like all the jokes from like police squad that have like 10,000 different layers of stuff like, there's put on so many yeah. jokes in just one second it's just oh so so good especially cigarette when have... yes i know <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorite running what? gags of all time yeah sorry but no honestly like i could go on forever about it but no if you have the chance to look at uh to find them or better yet go find osw reviews um review of summer where they talk about leslie nielsen and um, doing those vignettes, I highly recommend it. They're an absolute joy to watch. Uh, it's such a dark yeah, here, time for WWF. 
Here's a subsection to recommendation corner. Go watch some Leslie Nielsen movies. You oh, absolutely, right. yeah. Right. Go watch Airplane. Go watch Young Dracula. Go I, I, and watch I, the entirety of Police Squad because they only made like what, like six episodes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like that's like travesty. That's just like a perpetual. Um, oh, I would like constantly say to people just go and fucking watch these movies because they fun, are so funny. Fun fact: the fun fact: the writers of um, the Zucker Brothers, the writers of the Police Squad, actually were very grateful because they were literally running out of jokes for the police squad yeah. so they were like oh thank god we we cancelled we can only just have these six stuff and we don't have to deal with more well, it, it, it's really it's really funny because they were like oh well, we're running out of jokes but then also allegedly it goes that NBC cancelled it because they thought there were too many jokes happening at one time <laughs> just, like just... they were saying they were like oh I don't know we don't know if audiences are able to keep up with this and everyone was like no this is one of the greatest comedy shows ever created Yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, your number two pick for best celebrity in wrestling, Reardon. Okay. So whilst we were discussing, <laughs> I had a thought, and originally it was going to be Stephen Armel for his ridiculous hops. <laughs> Just the most ridiculous. Like everyone, you could see the entire crowd going, oh shit, no, no, no. I forgot this dude is the Green Arrow <laughs> and thus has been trained to be able to do stuff. <laughs> but instead, I'm going to like, so he's going to be my honorable mention, <laughs> but my number two will be Floyd Money Mayweather. Hell yeah. You know he came what? out in like the chinchilla jacket. Yeah, because he has With, like the like sixteen people around him. Yes, because he's because of for two reasons. <laughs> One, his ridiculously. Oh, I'll explain my the other reason to more elaborate. But I'll go for the first reason in the fact that he literally has the only good celebrity match in the history of the WWE. Uh, yeah, yeah, in WWE. Excuse yes. me. Yeah. One person on my list had a WrestleMania match, which I think was good. Now that's a lie. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. He literally has the only good one. Floyd Mayweather versus The Big Show was an absolutely ridiculous but good match. Overbooked to hell, but God, was it fun. Could you oh, imagine just in saying the to right someone, way, Floyd Mayweather versus The Big Show? Yeah, I know. It is literally like, it's overbooked, but in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, it's overbooked in the fact that it's like, it's like, it's built like essentially a boss battle. Yeah. Only The Big Show has to deal with a thousand of his goons and then deal with him. And then... <laughs> And then the and then he actually takes shots from the big show, proper ones, yeah. and sells them, probably because they actually hurt. <laughs> Just, yeah, I bet the he was dudes, thinking every time he got hit was fists like are probably like the size of like a tall boy beer can. Yeah. Yeah. The and then and then actually does a beautiful heel move to win the match, and then that's it. Oh yeah, that was that that was fantastic. The ending yeah. to that was I loved the ending to that match. Yeah. So that's the one. That's the one reason. But the second reason is to elaborate. In that, look, general audiences don't like celebrity guests. Mm. 
generally, unless they're like in the crowd, actual celebrity guest storylines are uniformly terrible. <laughs> well, and we'll all get of them, to what it. you've got to do is you've got to build a whole bunch of stuff around a person where like 99% of the reason they'll go to it is because, like, oh, look, it's that guy. Exactly. Yeah. So you kind of need to be like, oh, well, we need something that's going to get them invested other than just, hey, it's that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but the great thing about it with the Floyd Money storyline story was that they used it and basically used it to give him heel heat. Yeah. And he exactly. worked it. He worked it really, really oh, well. Though. Floyd Mayweather is definitely, it would definitely is just a heel anyway. No, no, he absolutely <laughs> is. But like they play to his strengths. Yep, they certainly did on yeah, that they, night for sure. They didn't ask him to read. That helped. Yeah, <laughs> like so that is why he is my definite number two pick. Okie doke, uh, Dan, your number two pick. Uh, well, he was already mentioned, but my number two pick is Stephen Amell. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Wholeheartedly uh, agree. If if not just for the intersection of him having... He had a match with Neville versus, I believe, Stardust and Goldust? No, I believe King so. Barrett. Oh, was it King Barrett? King Barrett and Stardust, and I believe it was at one of the Battlegrounds pay-per-views. Actually, I believe... No, it was a SummerSlam. It was a, it was oh, a SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. SummerSlam, damn. <laughs> yeah, right, so Stephen anyway. Amell got that SummerSlam payday. <laughs> Disregarding me getting all of that wrong. <laughs> um, I just really, I really liked it. A, because obviously it was Neville and Stephen Amell. So it was the red arrow and the green arrow. Yep. <laughs> so great. <laughs> That's like just perfect. Uh, I'd also just like, it was someone who was really, really willing to give it a go. Yeah. 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 He was super respectful to the business. He worked hard at it and was like, no, I'm going to actually learn. Yeah. Um, I think much to the chagrin, I believe, of the of the showrunners, I believe. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I imagine. <laughs> but uh, no, well, could he... you imagine you're there and you're on a filming schedule and you go hey by the way i'm agreeing to do a wrestling match and now i've got to learn how to wrestle <laughs> yeah and also if and also something might go wrong and i might break my neck and be out from for two months <laughs> but no like honestly it was it was so great to see just because more often than not these things these kinds of matches come so much in the case of like oh the celebrity comes in does one move they tag out and then whatever hmm. or like they're just there for show but to have someone that was so actively getting involved that like Stephen Amell was doing like dives to the outside yeah yeah yep um, and he was he was popping off big cross bodies bigger than some wrestlers I've actually yeah. seen <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was such an amazing thing to see such an amazing thing to see and you you'd think from that match he wouldn't be able to top that or he would never be able to step in a ring again after that but but boy you'd be wrong because he ended up you know having a, like a feature match at all in against christopher daniels <laughs> i know it's like it's crazy it's crazy to think about and to be fair like christopher daniels versus Stephen amell is something i'd never a hear hear myself saying be even thinking about but now i think about it i'm like you know what that ain't even that bad though because at that point christopher daniels was coming off his ring of honor run where he was just popping up bmes like all the time constantly yeah 
Mm. Exactly. Uh, and Pokedex, I'll... BME stands for best, best moonsault ever. And it is. It is the best moonsault ever. It's incredible. <laughs> but no, real talk about that one is that Amel really, really did up his game. And I think to have such a man with so many years of experience and knows how to carry another person who might not be as experienced as him in the ring, I think really showed the skills of both men. And real talk, Oh, yeah, absolutely. If, mm. if he had gone down that path and given it a couple more years, I think Stephen Amel would have made for, an, for a really good wrestler. <laughs> I yeah, looking at him, I'm kind of like that's a he could make a very solid mid carder, honestly. Yeah, yo, do you reckon that we could get like the oh my god, the future intersection? <laughs> he go he he finishes up with acting, and it's like you know what, I want to go back to wrestling and does some time on the independence, and then it's we like, get it. It's like Michael I mean... Jordan when he left basketball to do baseball. Yeah. Like we get, we get, we get the final intersection. Stephen Amell versus the person who will be named later. <laughs> dang, dang. All right, for my number two, really thinking about it, I was for the longest time gonna put gonna put her at number two, but then I realised for number the the person that or that I was gonna originally put uh, here in this position, kind of pop culturally had just as much if not just a tiny bit more of an impact um for what they've done so for number two i'm going to go for cindy lauper yep yep rock and wrestling baby the only one of the in this list that absolutely it's insane i know i've mentioned it before but it has to be it bears repeating that it is insane that she's not in the hall of fame yeah she literally was in the most important cultural era kind of one of the imperators behind stuff like wrestlemania and everything wasn't she yeah, she's, she... The, she's the reason it's called the, the era is called the rock and wrestling era yeah. exactly and like she like it all started in well of course all of this kind of took place in 85 but it started with her putting like a load of wwf wrestlers uh, in her music video for The Goonies Are Good Enough. Actually, both uh, versions of the video, because uh, there were two videos for the same song, believe it or not. <laughs> and they both yeah. actually, if you put them together, they both t- they both told a wider story. So it started with that. And This was at the time when music videos were a much more ever-present thing. Exactly. And of course, Captain Lou Albano played her dad in Girls Just Want to Have Fun as well. Indeed. So, Hell yeah. It's so the seeds were sown at that point, and of course, when Hulkamania got absolutely massive, and then those two intersections met, that just kind of paved the way for the MTV special that they did with WWF, and then that paved the way for WrestleMania. So really, when that you think paved about the way for it, WWF, the album exactly. But, but, but you know, we, we we could talk about that at another time. We can talk about <laughs> music and wrestling. We'll talk. We'll go part two of music and wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> but no, oh man, it's just when you really sit down and think about it, for the WWE especially, she is an absolutely integral part to their success today. I absolutely. Don't, I and don't it understand. Is criminal. Why why Drew Carey, which we'll get to la- which I'll get to later, is yeah. in the Hall of Fame, but Cindy Lauper isn't. It's it's actually ridiculous. <laughs> it's like the like since what she did is what you have Hall of Fame's for. Exactly. Like exactly. Contributions like, to wrestling. Yeah. Like, like, 
it's like it it, uh, it seriously boggles the mind it seriously boggles the mind that she's not in there <laughs> all right uh, all right well, i'll make sure you, your mind doesn't get boggled too much because we'll because you won't you won't remember your number one choice though Reardon. so oh, number oh. one choice for best celebrity in wrestling is my number one choice <laughs> is snoop doggy dog yeah <laughs> let's Go! Can I just say, it's very fascinating looking at Snoop Dogg, because <laughs> Snoop Dogg is a nerd. Oh, oh yeah, like, time. I think the common like, I think the common like pop culture kind of forgets that. And yet, despite him, despite him one, sorry, like despite him one, not hiding it at all, <laughs> and two, him like basically doing nerd shit his entirety of his career. Well, because I was gonna say, I think one thing people forget, and I don't know why they forget it, because it's so goddamn ever present, is. People forget that like lots of people who were into rap were really into were really into video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To like to like the realms of so if you're from if you're from the UK, if you're like me and Ridden and you're from like vaguely around South London, right? You've you've heard someone say blocker, blocker before, yep. right? Oh yeah. And people a lot of people don't realise that literally comes from Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> and that is that is that is one of DWE grime rappers like signature things it comes from fucking street fighter <laughs> and like you forget about people like mf doom who is named after dr doom literally his gimmick is that he's <laughs> there's, dr doom <laughs> there's another rapper called mr fantastic <laughs> yeah the wu-tang clan enough said the entirety of the wu-tang clan think... the amount of video game and film and pop culture nerd anime references that are in modern rap now i was gonna say he's kick cuddy's <clears throat> entire career based off the fact that he's a giant nerd honestly mm. a lot of it yeah 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 i mean <laughs> and that's why i love kick cuddy <laughs> yeah but there, there are there are loads of other rappers that are, are musicians now that are the same like thundercat does not hide it at all because his <laughs> name is thundercat and he's named after the show thundercats <laughs> would be like, much funny if he was called Lion-O but I digress who knows? <laughs> that's for someone else I'm actually kind of surprised no one's called themselves Lion-O that's actually kind of surprising but, but like I, again I think it's just a thing that people forget that this, there is this massive intersection between the world of rap and also like pop culture nerd culture and also wrestling wrestling especially <laughs> and Snoop Dogg is kind of the goat of that yeah for, yeah. One, for one thing he, for one thing, as they'll as they'll often mention, Sasha Banks is in fact his cousin. Yes. Yep. So there's that. And then that. he did that. He did the version of her theme for WrestleMania, which is now the standard version that she comes out to. Yep. Yep. And also, like he, the reason why I put him as number one is that he is legitimately the most consistently entertaining celebrity that comes on. Yeah, well, he was there. he was there in the guest host era, yeah, and did an amazing appearance at WrestleMania twenty four as well, uh, when yeah. he did the thing with Jesse and Festus that vid. Yeah, yep. He has punched out. He has punched out wrestlers. He is has Except he Peter. has he 
Yeah, has he um come out with the whole train? I forget. Yes, he did. No, actually, no. It wasn't the whole no. train. He came out with the divas. <laughs> there we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. In a golf cart, I believe. Yes, that's uh, it. Yes, he a golf did. Cart. <laughs> while wearing a while wearing a robe, which can only be described as the coldest drip. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that Lee. He looked like I think he looked like Leroy from Tekken Seven years Dude, before he, Leroy from Tekken Seven. Yeah, he had he, half the time when he does stuff for WWE. He comes out with the Hugh Hefner drip. He has like the fucking long robe. Yeah, that is true. Which I love, by the way. I think it's amazing. <laughs> it is like he is just consistently entertaining, and I don't think there's ever been a bad Snoop Dogg appearance. No, if there no. if there has been. Like, you'd have to rack your brain for it. <laughs> Honestly, he's just the best. Oh, man, no. Inspired choice there, Reardon. Without mm. question on that one. And, oh, yeah, Snoop's been so, so good in his appearances on WWE, for sure. Uh, Dan, your number one choice for best celebrity. I mean, realistically, there was only going to be one choice for me. Pee Wee Herman. No. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> like, there there could only really be one person that I could pick here. It has to be Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Dang it, this yeah. man is the embodiment of both. He's literally like the embodiment of wrestling in a basketball player. Yeah. And what oh I love my. is that, that that translates over to the fact of he actually has appeared in a bunch of wrestling stuff as well. Outside you, of his WCW appearances, yeah. Like, did you know that he had a match with Kurt Hennig in Australia in 2002? Yeah, like, that's... <laughs> because of that, that is a thing that happened. But, like, I mean, A, if you ever saw Dennis Rodman at this period of time, this <laughs> was when he was dating Carmen Electra. That is true. Or it may have actually been slightly before, but no, no, I, he, think I think it was that. I think it was that time. I think it was around that time. I think actually. it was around that time. And this is when Dennis Rodman would come onto the court and he had like a whole bunch of piercings and we like dye his hair like bright green. And I mean, then the is... next week he'd come out onto the court and it'd be bright purple. So this would be this is like this is peak Rodman, you know, in the like the era of the Bulls absolutely dominating the NBA. Yeah. So this was the this was part of the. This was ninety six, ninety seven. Mm. So it would have been the the second in their second three peat. Yeah, because obviously they won ninety seven, ninety eight as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but I think the I think the ultimate thing about this though, and specifically the first appearance, is that obviously when this happened for for this appearance, obviously the balls were in the middle of the final season <laughs> and for whatever reason Dennis Rodman goes alright forget going to training I'm just going to go up here on WCW Monday Nitro and there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> and so sure enough he like his coaches are like oh man Dennis didn't turn up for training I We'll have to just check in and like see how he and see how he is if something's happened or not. <laughs> and they just see him on Nitro. <laughs> fucking, he goes and hits some of a diamond cut. <laughs> oh my! Every time I hear the story, 
I even though it is historical fact, I keep thinking that people are lying to me. What I think that's what gets me about it. Oh man, it's still it's the Dennis Rodman Cole Malone story as well that gets me as well. With yeah. Eric, with Eric Bischoff telling Rodman to hurt Carl Malone on the court, so it builds hype for the for their match at Bash in the Beach. <laughs> I just, you know, you are right, Dan, when you say it's pure wrestling because, like, it's because it's stories like this as to why the Sweet Chinwag podcast exists. To be quite honest, yeah, but, yeah. Like, I, I think I, but like, I think a key a key thing. Like a key point for this, though, is that, like, if you look at Dennis Rodman, I would look at him and be like, you know what, that's not outside the realm of the possibility. No, <laughs> yeah. it's not. But and I absolutely love it. And I, I think, just, I mean, there's, there's plenty of things that I love about this entire sequence of stories. Whether or not it's the fact of him not turning up to training just to appear on Nitro or the fact that he did it again at another point. <laughs> get to fight to fight Randy Savage. To or to get to uh or like again the whole thing where then he ended up having a ma- a match tagging with Hulk Hogan versus Cole Malone and Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> Uh, let's not forget that Carl Malone was cosplaying as DDP as well during that match. And so it's just like, it's absolutely ridiculous. But what, so one thing I want to mention, and this is a thing that doesn't get mentioned enough, although I will say, I believe Brian Zane did a video on it. Hmm. Uh, Dennis Rodman appeared on a TV show called Hulk Hogan Celebrity Championship Wrestling. Oh, not this. Oh, that had such people as Butterbean as well, if I, if memory serves. All right, now, now I'm just going to say this, right? It sucked. Undeniably. Right? It, it sucked. But there. Um, and it was it was absolutely awful. But the f- one of the funniest things about it, though, is that Dennis Rodman actually knew what to do. Yeah. So he was actually, so in comparison to everyone else, like, <laughs> compared to everyone else, Dennis Rodman was like fucking Okada. <laughs> because he actually knew what to do. Yeah. When it came to doing the matches with the fans, Rodman was really good because he actually, like, had wrestled before. <laughs> so people, everyone, so lots of people were like, Oh shit! Dennis Rodman got really good in the time of the training camp, but when they they cut to the training camp and like Dennis Rodman's helping people out with their sequences, yeah, <laughs> because he Looking knows back, he's dude. worked. Like he like he's actually he's actually worked to some degree in WCW, <laughs> and so like and so it's just hilarious seeing it because like you can just see the 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 skill ceiling between everyone else and him. And the funny thing is, is that like Dennis Rodman is m- more than a little bit of an obsessive. Yeah. In that, in like, cause remember, like, cause you can imagine, like, cause remember he used to just watch like his uh, opponent's recordings incessantly. Mm. So I can easily imagine in him rewatching his matches, going, "Okay, I need to do this, 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 and I need to move around." <laughs> like, hmm. it's not outside the realm of possibility because Dennis Rodman, for all of his, let's call it, in quirks, mm. he is an extraordinarily hard worker when he wants to be. Exactly. That is, 
literally, he is a hard worker when he wants to be, is the summary of Dennis Rodman. Yes. <laughs> With, without question. Brilliant, but lazy. Like, I, like honestly, I, I just love it. I think it's incredible. It's one of my favourite wrestling stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, man, two great choices, which means my choice is going to be a bit... Will pale will pale in comparison to your two choices for best celebrity, but the only reason I put him at, uh, I put this guy at number one was simply because I was I was just remembering a lot of celebrities in wrestling and then realizing that this guy, for the time, had quite an impact on pop culture and had actually one of the most famous talk show moments. Well, still one of the most talked about talk show moments of all time, and that is Andy Kaufman. Oh yeah, stand up comic extraordinaire was on Saturday Night Live, Taxi, of course. But Andy Kaufman's contribution to wrestling is is bloody inspired, actually, when you think about it. So, as a nice little kind of like like rib to one of his friends, Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman declares himself the intergender wrestling champion of the world. Actually, he has it on a yellow shirt that says he's the women's wrestling champ. And he goes throughout all of the American territories having wrestling matches with women. Some of them plants, some of them actually genuine punters in the audience. And whacks up this amazing winning streak as intergender world champion. And then starts calling out Jerry Lawler. <laughs> the king of Memphis at this time, remember. He is the one of the biggest wrestlers in, you know, in the territory scene. So he calls him out, and they proceed to have three matches. One of them, of course, with Andy Kaufman kind of getting the win by cheating. The second one was like a, a handicap match. Again, through dubious circumstances, Andy Kaufman wins that one. And so the stage is set for the world cha- or for the Memphis Championship and for Andy Kaufman's intergendered world championship. It is Andy Kaufman versus Jerry Lawler at the Memphis Coliseum. The, oh no, sorry, the Mid-South Coliseum. And the match doesn't even last two minutes because Jerry Lawler is forbidden to use his pile driver as a finisher. Andy Kaufman decks Lawler, two moves, Lawler decks Kaufman, hits him with the pile driver, is declared a no contest. And fun fact about that, Kaufman later told Lawler down the line that he genuinely knocked him out when he hit him with the pile driver. <laughs> <laughs> and so this leads up to the most pop cop like the most famous moment of this is their um their appearance on the late show with David Letterman. Now since it happened in April of I think it was 1982, I want to say. And and Andy Kaufman throughout his whole act doing stand up, doing TV appearances has a neck brace on for when he was given the pile driver by Lorna. Oh my god. And so from all that whole time They've been. He's just been selling the neck injury, and he's there with Lawler. And they're just talking about their rivalry, the friendliness that they used to have, and then Andy Kaufman cutting promos on Lawler, calling him a, a Memphis hick. Go back to washing dishes, hey. <laughs> and thus, of course, the famous moment where it all gets a little bit heated. And at the end of their interview, and just as they're about to cut to break, Jerry Lawler gets out of his seat. Kaufman's still running his mouth, and Lawler slaps the taste out of his mouth, knocking Kaufman off his chair, and it cuts to a commercial on milk. 
<laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so honestly, like it's that sent shockwaves against like the like to the whole like talk show industry to television because apparently that 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 generated a lot of controversy that did when Lawler slapped Kaufman, but they were both in on it because they were both they were both really good friends, and they both knew how to draw like a crowd. That's what Kaufman was doing. He was a comedian, but he was drawing heat by pretending to be a villain. And an intergender world champion. As a matter of fact, look, all I all I've gotten out of this story is it sounds like Andy Kaufman was one of the pioneers of intergender wrestling. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Right, another recommendation corner as an aside: go watch the film Man on the Moon, starring Jim Carrey. I'm actually, gonna I was actually thinking about that when you were talking about because it really like... document it. It kind of kind of goes over the story, and fun enough, actually stars Jerry Lawler uh, as uh, playing himself. Uh, great film, uh, but apparently Jim Carrey was a bit of a method actor and Lawler kind of wasn't very comfortable because Jim Carrey had it in his mind that he absolutely hated Lawler when that wasn't the case. Yeah. Jerry, you need to power drive me right now. I need it. Why, oh, and trust why me, do you he need, did. Why do you need this? I'm a method actor, Jerry. You need to do it. Do the fucking power driver on me. Yeah. I'm kind of like, honestly... The idea of Andy Kaufman being involved in wrestling at all terrifies me to <laughs> yes. a <form> level. <laughs> because can, I'm can, like... I, can I just say, just because you mentioned that, and now I went through that spiel, it reminded me of that tweet that someone did where they're like, I really want Jim Carrey to play the Joker, but I'm worried that he'd be he'd method act so hard he might actually hurt someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't want that. Sh- you don't want that on you. It was bad enough as the Riddler. Come on, guys. It was. It was. It was. It, the Riddler was more than enough. <laughs> but no. Um. Yeah. It, so for that one, and purely for that story, for the David Letterman story alone, I had to make Andy Kaufman as probably one of my favourite celebrities. That's in a wrestling. honest. That's an honestly very good choice. I can't argue with that at all. Okay. So with the good comes the bad. And the absolute damn right terrible. Let's talk about our worst. And we're going to start with Reardon again with your third choice. Number three choice for the worst celebrity in wrestling. Oh, God, where do we begin here? <laughs> I actually say my third pick is, like, it's bad, but it's my third pick only because it's so ridiculous that I I have a slight soft spot for it. <laughs> And that is, of course, Robocop. Oh, no, he mentioned Robocop. Go, Sting and Robocop. (laughs) I, I, I don't think that I'm cheating by putting Robocop as a celebrity here. No, because it was a he was a pop no, culture can't. icon, and there was that crossover appeal. I think they were. I think it was they were promoting Robocop two at the time. Was it- free no it was free. I, yeah it was free yeah it was free. free yeah so i don't know if i have anything more to say it's no, fucking it's robocop, RoboCop. It, and, and surfer sting oh yeah surfer sting yeah. yeah not even not even like not even classic raven sting no 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 surfer era sting <laughs> no, what? I think i'd argue that makes it even better exactly <laughs> Exactly. The, just, the visual's fucking hilarious. The visual is amazing. Seeing fucking Robocop <laughs> going down the ramp 
robocopping around. Oh man! All right then. I've, is that? I mean, literally. Robo-cop do you have anything gets... else left to say, Rian? Or are you gonna? Because I think you're right. It's just robocop. Yeah, that's, that's it. I don't need to say anything more. Oh, ro- a robocop broke out Sting when he was put into a like an, a shark cage. He broke. He broke Sting out of a shark cage. That's one thing we gotta mention. The, fun, the weird thing about this, though, right, is this wasn't even at the time when they were doing... Was it? This was nowhere near the time when they were doing any of the Dungeon of Doom stuff, was it? No. I don't. This was this way was years removed. <laughs> and so, like, if they brought Robocop out then, I'd probably be like, you know what, okay. They're going stupid, whatever. But this is, like, way before. And also, like... <laughs> like I don't even know where RoboCop would intersect into wrestling. I guess if you had like a wrestler where it, you know, because you, you know how like John Cena's first gimmick in OVW was the prototype. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And they're like he's actually a robot that's a, that looks like a man. <laughs> and so like I guess if you had that weird thing going on, it might have made a tiny little modicum of sense more. But just him and surfacing, I'm just like I have no idea. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Great choice there, Reardon. Great yeah. choice. Your number three pick, please, Dan. Uh, honestly, I think mine's kind of the same. There isn't really a whole lot to say about it. Uh, we're going back to the guest host era, just like my third choice for the good ones. Mm. Uh, and my third choice uh, for the for the list of the worst is going to be Seth Green. Because if anyone embodies saying jokes that are outdated that were already or saying jokes that were already outdated at the time when they might have even vaguely been in date, it's Seth Green. <laughs> uh, <laughs> basically the entire show is incredibly awkward and not yeah. that much fun to watch. Yeah. No, agreed. Um I think it's probably the first time I've seen well, it's like he it's like he got heel heat, but he got heel heat because no one found him funny. <laughs> <laughs> Except for maybe a few people. Oh. But like I went back and watched it and I was like, Yes, I feel incredibly uncomfortable and <sighs> he's very clearly not getting the reactions that he wants out of this. Oh uh, nothing about it was that great. <laughs> uh, and there's not really a whole lot else to say. It it just was again one of the many times that they got the guest host era wrong. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, for my number three choice for worst celebrity in wrestling, I'm not gonna like I'm not even gonna like preamble. It's Jay Leno. Jay Leno <laughs> had no business being in the ring but for somehow his show when hulk hogan and diamond dallas page were on it led him to having a match at road white right so right jay leno and ddp versus hulk hogan and eric bischoff at road wild why he (laughs) he had hulk hogan in a headlock at one point why (laughs) rid number two please (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> number two, number two, it's got to be Snooky. Oh, oh no! I just, just get worse. I'm just throwing in all the really bad ones, aren't I? I'm just, I'm really going in on it. I told you this was a subject that I, I had thoughts over. Yes. Don't worry, because fun fact, Snooky was my number two choice. <laughs> hey! So this is something we can both discuss, Dan, actually. Yes. Right, yeah. I'll, I'll, sit, actually, I'll sit back for the time. <laughs> yeah. So 
<laughs> let's just like as we sit with a glass of port, he and I, as we discuss, yeah. Jesus Christ, why? So I... let me let me first give you some context to this. Situation. Oh, please enlighten me. <laughs> Do you know how this actually came around? I don't. Uh, it came around from the guest host era. And the first thing that led to this happening was that there was a Jersey Shore edition of Raw. Yep. Yeah, uh, that was a And thing. There, was, there was a lovely segment between, I believe, Dolph Ziggler and JWoww. Oh. Amongst yeah. various other things. Uh... But basically, at some, I don't know how it actually all properly tied in, but they had the Jersey Shore episode of Raw, and then for whatever reason, I'm not entirely sure why, it ended up with this weird thing where all of a sudden Snooki had an issue with Vicky Guerrero of all people. I can't believe I'm saying this, but of all the people to have issues with, that one makes the most sense. Oh, it does, absolutely. But then it led us to the the cursed image of Vicky Guerrero wrestling. It did. And, like, it's, it's a thing to say, obviously, Guerrero is in the name, but she was a manager and not a wrestler. Yeah. yeah. And so... It led to this lovely match, which was John Morrison, Trish Stratus, and Snooki versus uh, Lakeo and V Guerrero. Ooh. I'm creasing so hard right now. Yeah. I like my number one is worse on a much deeper existential level. To be fair, I think you might have the same number one as me. Oh yeah, probably, probably, probably. <laughs> but um, but but it's like, but I feel like this is like, this is just the nadir of celebrity guests in terms of just actual. Well, actually, my number one, you can make you can make an argument, but it's just such a terrible idea from top to bottom <laughs> that I kind of like. I kind of almost have to marvel at it if it's not just so bad. And no one can do anything. And, like, oh, man. Like, if there's if there's one thing I can say in this match, it's that Snooki isn't the worst participant in it. That's a low bar, but she isn't the worst participant in it. And I will say, I will say, I'll give her credit, she did a really nice handspring back elbow, but that was because she used to be a cheerleader in a gym now, so I kind of half expect it. Yeah. <laughs> she then did the most... I mean, like, because clearly what she was trying to do was, like, a handspring moonsault. But because she's a gymnast, she's trained to land on her feet. <laughs> <laughs> so she does the handspring, and then, like, I guess what you call, call the moonsault, but then lands on her feet and then does a splash. Oh. <laughs> Thereby removing all momentum from it. <laughs> and so it's like it like it, it genuinely looks like something that could be really cool if she actually did like a handspring moonsault to win the match. Mm. But she doesn't, <laughs> and so it looks awful. <laughs> the, uh, like, the, 
because the thing is, when we mentioned about doing this, the first one, of the first thing that came to my head was like, oh yeah, I remember when Snooki had a match at WrestleMania. I don't know why that was so ever presently in my head at that moment, but <laughs> but um, like, there's just so much about this that that is awful. If anything, the biggest spot of the match is Trish Stratus falling off the top rope with Michelle McCool. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I guess you could maybe count John Morrison doing the moonsault, but like, it just ain't. It just ain't. It, this ain't it, Chief. <laughs> Not by a long shot. <laughs> uh, okay, should I go to my number two then? Considering you both yes. had the same number two there. Oh yeah. Oh, for my number two. Yeah, I'm picking Will Sasso for a number of bloody reasons. Now, look. <laughs> Great, he's probably a very good comedian. Does a very good impression of Randy Newman. Also did that thing with lemons on Vine a few years back. But his 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 crimes against wrestling don't rule him out from this one for me. So right, I'll give you a brief history of Will Sasso in wrestling. This man had a match on Monday Nitro against Bret Hart. <sighs> this man, after a Stone Cold Steve Austin's appearance on Mad TV goes on to SmackDown, pretending to be Austin, and this was during the invasion angle, to mock him, then gets stunned. But his most egregious crime was when, of course, he was part of the Three Stooges reboot. And as Curly was... was well, but they weren't getting great reception because they all three of them, <laughs> Curly, Larry and Moe, were getting booed. But Will Sasso, as Curly, goes out of the ring, comes back dressed as Hulk Hogan and then does his impression of Hogan. So then, of course, they all get beaten up. I believe it might have been from Kane. Um, I hope it was. <laughs> I hope it was, yes. Will Sasso got chokeslammed by Kane, if I remember rightly. Uh, but God, no. Kane's had such a fucking weird Will career. Sasso, no. Just, just again with Jay Leno, no, no. Look, Andy Kaufman. Like, you are under arrest for egregious crimes against wrestling. Andy yeah. Kaufman did it right. Jay, Will, you never did. You could never compare to Andy Kaufman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, before I'm gonna stop there now. Before I get angry about the fact that he had a match against Bret Hart. <laughs> Number one, All please, right. Reardon. Right. Say it, and I'll tell you if you, I've got the same one as you. I hate to bring it up. I really do. Mm. I really, 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 really do. But I can't in good conscience not have it as my number one. It's got to be Donald Trump. Hey, yes, there we go. WrestleMania 23, <laughs> my specialist subject. Let's go. Come on. We all, I love we, are, we all had Donald Trump as number one. Okay, I'm going to just like, seeing as it's number three, I'm going to, we're going to do something difficult here. I'm going to put this on. We're not going to talk about his presidency. No, 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 no. We're we going to like, we're going to put it on because to be honest, this is, his performance here was terrible, even on its own, <laughs> and awful. Look, we just, and... we just need, we just need to say it now, right? Donald mm. Trump is the worst seller of the stunner behind Linda McMahon. Yes, with oh second to none, only to Linda McMahon. Yeah. Maybe Holy that's shit. why he. No, I was going to say. I was going to say. Maybe that's how he picked his cabinet by by, by the people who couldn't sell the stunner properly. <laughs> we ain't. 
talking about it. We ain't talking about it. <laughs> that, that's the only one I'll bring up, I promise. Okay. okay. But, but side note, I reckon that um, Paul <laughs> Ryan could sell a stunner. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so, okay. Um, you know what? If we're going to have it, I would say... Of all of them, Mitt Romney, I think, would sell it very well with a stunner. I would say Mitt Romney. <laughs> That's my pick. Oh, anyway. Man. So, yeah, would you like to... Uh, who would like to talk about the story of WrestleMania 23? I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to do it, considering WrestleMania 23 is one of the most watched pay-per-views in my history because i had it on dvd <laughs> nice nice <laughs> please regale us with the tale okay so the easiest way to understand this is that it was going through some kind of storyline i can't remember if it was about it was about someone buying out someone so it was either going to be donald trump buying out wwe or vince buying out something of donald trump's Something like that, yeah. Something like that. I can't, I can't remember the exact pretext behind it, but I believe it was on like, I think it was on some like edition of SmackDown or something, mm. where they started talking about like the ba- they started talking about like the battle of the billionaires and who's <laughs> going to be the first to do whatever. Uh, and so, this, you know, feud between them picks up and then in the background there's this weird like secondary feud happening which is like various people just like going absolutely monster on different brands uh and then around this time uh bobby lashley's like getting the absolute fucking rocket (laughs) and is being like pushed to the absolute stars and beyond and then he gets moved to ECW, <laughs> which we spoke about in our history of ECW. Go listen but, to that. Um, so that happens, and then it basically the 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 kind of feud that was happening there, which was like Bobby Lashley, the rising star, against like you know whoever else mm. was needed or whoever else was going on an absolute tear. You know, was going to be the pretext. This and obviously this battle of the billionaires feud starts up. And so you're, you end up with this like weird proxy, mm. proxy match is the best yes. way to describe it. Absolutely, it's, it's, be- it's between Vince McMahon and Donald Trump. But the match actually contested between Bobby Lashley and Umaga. <laughs> and so the the important bit you need to know bet- before this though is that <clears throat> they did in fact have interactions before this, despite being on separate brands. Mm. And so the most uh, the most well-known one is Bobby Lashley spearing himself through the cage to then drop it on Umaga. He was coming out of his cage and doing, doing just fine. He was. Umaga was doing because he fine. <laughs> Umaga got hit in the face by a steel chain link fence and Bobby Lashley. Yes, yes. Um and so you end up with you end up with this match, which is main eventing WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, like uh, which is which is hilarious considering that you also said John Cena versus Shawn Michaels for the WWE title on that card as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't they like front like Trump and McMahon were like front and center of the market? Yeah, so they were front. They material. were front. And, they were in front and center on all the promotional materials. My favorite one is the is the uh, the chairs from the event. Yes, because yeah. like. 
um, and also on the DVD cover, I remember it's literally just Vince McMahon and Donald Trump, and then like there's like small images of Bobby Lashley and Umaga. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, they aren't even relevant. This thing. Oh, Stone Cold was the guest ref as well. Oh, let's yeah. not forget the stipulation Which... to this one as well. Oh, and yeah, the stipulation oh, yeah. was whoever lost had to have their head shaved. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it now. This might have been the precursor to Durag Vince. It was. It was the precursor was. to Durag Vince. God, Damn, I never been... really realised the impact that this pay-per-view had. Mm, man. This, <laughs> uh, what an but... absolute shit show this match was. I think the, the thing about it is it just kind of goes... I mean, let, let's address one thing, which is that, like, Bobby Lashley at this time was way unseasoned. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes, he yes. was still he was still pretty rough in his in his performance, and I mean at this time he was ECW champion. Yeah, but he 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 wasn't re- he was I mean he was nowhere near the man he is now. Mm. That's true. Um, I don't think he'd had enough time, you know, to really to really develop himself properly. Yeah, I get the feeling and... they were booking him to be Brock Lesnar basically, or at least a replacement to Brock. Because the thing is, by that point, Umaga had had a pretty solid run. Yeah. Um, he was pretty established. So mm. it wasn't really an issue with him. I know, obviously, there have been some people who said that he wasn't the, the the greatest person to try and work with, and he was occasionally a bit stiff. Yeah. But, like, to be fair, I don't think that's really much of an issue for Bobby Lashley. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it kind of goes, it always kind of goes through, I say, sometimes just host matches don't work. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was kind of like, well, each one's a bit of a physical powerhouse, but like one of them's got to get something over on the other. Who's it going to be? Mm. Uh, let's address let's address a key point. If I didn't already mention it, Bobby Lashley was representing Donald Trump, and Umargo is representing Vince McMahon. I don't know what that says to you. Mm. Um, I don't like to be honest. Even if you swapped it, they would both be terrible. Oh, it would just both be applicable either way, really. Yep. Yeah. Um, but basically, this was just a vi- this this match was just a vehicle for Donald Trump and Vince McMahon. If anything, it was more of a vehicle for Stone Cold. Yeah, yeah. I felt like he was featured more than than more than Bobby Lashley or Imbargo, and he was the guest ref. Of course, let's talk about the biggest spot of the match, which is Donald Trump spearing Vince McMahon. Oh, it's uh, hilarious! If you to, call like, it that, ever. if you call it that, it's, it was it's... more like it was more like a really bad clothesline. It's more than anything. It looked like um, it looked like a night out. It looked like a night out in Newcastle High Street. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're getting some heat on that one. We're getting some heat. On right, no, here. real talk. I do. I, 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 The times I've been there, I really enjoyed Newcastle. But sometimes that did that. That that tackle reminded me a lot of some arguments I've seen outside of Pop World in Newcastle. But I don't. <laughs> 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 um. Like, it, like, the easiest way to describe it is it basically looks like Donald Trump is falling onto Vince McMahon. <laughs> basically, yeah. Like, that's the best way of describing it. And, uh, like, again, I'll just say, this match sucked. <laughs> it was awful. Sucks so bad. There was nothing redeeming about it, that really. At least the Steve most redeeming was having, enjoying his time. That's, I, mean, you can oh, I bet, you, Steve I bet you, you, I bet you Austin was just having the time of his fucking life. <laughs> kind of like... You know why I. This I is a once in a lifetime opportunity for him. <laughs> that is. Don't forget, Austin stunners every single other person involved in that match. 
He does. The he hits a president. stun on every single one of them. He, he is the yeah, I know. He is the only wrestler alive to stun a, a sitting president. He's got that on his resume. But we I salute you, Steve. <laughs> but, uh, to be quite honest, the fact that the fact that my favorite wrestler of all time is in this match kind of makes me hate it more. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like. Yeah, I never knew you were such a big Umaga mark. <laughs> you joke, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but, but holy shit, do I love Umaga! Like, oh, you joke, but I legitimately love that man. <laughs> Always have. Oh damn! Oh, that no, but, that that is. <laughs> yeah, but no, uh, it's like top to bottom terrible, and I think okay, it's like. Now... Because I believe we all have the same person at our number one, do we want to do the honourable mention? Yeah, I'm more than happy to do an honourable yeah, mention. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. I mean, because, man, all we've right. missed so, so many of yeah. them. Because I, one... think, I, think, I, think I think we need to address the one. What, Which, what the one uh... I was talking about? What, Lawrence Taylor? I was... <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I, I joke, but honestly, he was going to be one of my one of my mentions, but I'll let him be, like, the sole mention for me. Mostly because um, it's a real grey area of he was bad because of what it was the new gen, and he was booked to be in the main event for WrestleMania 11. Over the WWF Championship, Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam was, was last match at mania but what i will say is that he wasn't that bad in the ring he was not great but he wasn't that bad mm. so lawrence taylor purely for that alone gets an honorable mention from me <laughs> okay well my honorable mention is going to go to quite possibly the greatest heel of late wcw david arquette <sighs> Ah, David Arquette. <laughs> David Arquette is such a um, it's such a split for me. Yeah, I don't like, know. Okay, I know. Best, I know best, for a worst. lot of people, it is a straight up easy out answer. Yeah, and mm. it is because like it's a celebrity winning. He's the only celebrity to win a world title in a wrestling promotion. Yes, and like it is ridiculous that they even fought to do that. Russo. Yeah. Even, even, even as a incredibly cloying publicity stunt for a movie that they were doing, yes, right, yes. And there's so much about it that we can say is like horrifically stupid and wrong, and how they try and sell it as like a good thing, especially with DDP celebrating it yes. with him, even though yeah. it's DDP's title. Yeah, <laughs> this is late 2000s. This is late WCW. And in the bad parts, there were there as much as WWE's revisionist history. I tell you, there were good parts. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh yes. I can never remember the guy's name. Was it Vampiro? Vampiro, yes. Yeah, and Crowbar, who were both <laughs> great. But like there, there, there were good things. But this was not one of them. But they... I would. Okay, but I will say, what keeps him out of this list is he acknowledges that it was a bad thing. Yes, and even on the day of, he said he really did not want to do it. Yeah, he because he, uh, for those that don't know, David Arquette is actually a big wrestling fan, and he yeah. he was he very actively said, "I don't want this. I don't want to do this. I know we're doing like cross promotion for the movie, but just have me appear in a match or whatever, and mm. then that's that. 
I don't want the title. And, yeah. and then obviously, as we know, he went on his on his like spiritual wrestling journey of redemption that got um, chronicled in the movie You Can't Kill David Arquette. Which yeah, is yeah. A, which I mean, I'm looking forward to watching because I have heard Very, so many good things about. We're, we're all yeah, uh, we are all looking forward to that movie. <laughs> and so that's fascinating. I think the thing, yeah, the thing for me that keeps him out of it is obviously he has a lot of respect for the business yeah. and that mm. the entire time it's happening he said this is not the right thing but then also that he was willing to go back to it and say no yeah. i want to i want to like finish off my spiritual journey and put put it to rest yeah i think like yeah i think because he's such a split thing for me because like say what you will about the idea of it please do <laughs> But he, honest to God, tried yeah. and tries, which is why I can't. I definitely can't put him on the good list. But I <laughs> yeah, can't. Like, I can't. I can't put him on. I can't put him on the good list. But yeah. I can't justify putting him on the bad list either. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm guessing both of you then would have would have picked David Arquette. Yeah, I I would have like mentioned him definitely. Yeah, I mean, again, we have missed so many people at this out of this. We've you know we haven't mentioned Shaq, Mike Tyson, um, Pee Wee Herman. That if I'll, I'll keep bringing Pee Wee Herman up though, uh, Mr. T. Well, because I was I, I was yeah. going to mention Mr. T, but the thing is though is that like there isn't really much to say because like he wasn't that bad. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's kind of uh, like, he's a, like, it, from, like it, it was. It wasn't like he was an amazing wrestler, but no, like he wasn't a bad one at no, all. No, not at all. They had, and it, it gave birth to one of the most comedic boxing matches I've ever seen when he faced Piper at WrestleMania too. So, yeah. yeah, that was a bit okay. That was a bit ridiculous, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, like Arnie, Ronda Rousey, Mickey Rourke, um, uh, Al Sharpton, William Shatner. No, there's so many we could have talked about. But okay, like, I, I will say I did have a really, really random back pocket one. Go on. Do either of you guys know a guy called Danny Bonaducci? Yes. I don't. Did you know he had a match in TNA against Eric Young? Yes, I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> I did not. He Should I have known that? Eric, he, had, he had a match against Eric Young at a lockdown pay-per-view. Yes. On the pre-show, was, I think wasn't this before or after he did Celebrity Championship Wrestling? I believe it was just after. It was like a couple months after. Yeah, just it was like the only say. match he ever wrestled after it. Oh, talking of TNA guests, Chris Rock made one appearance as a bit part in NWA TNA when they were taking place in the asylum. No, 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 uh, TNA. Toby Keith. Toby Keith for the inaugural debut episode as well. Toby oh. Keith. Toby um, Keith. Really? Toby Keith suplexing Jeff Jarrett. Yes. Um, excuse me, I need to while, see footage while, of that while, right while, while, now. While Scott Hall was standing there pointing at him for an for an uncomfortably long amount of time. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, go would... find that video, Ridden. It's amazing. It is amazing. Oh, I am. I absolutely am. So. Without question, we could have talked about all of these people, but I think we've we, we've 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 taken some of our favourites and possibly some of the best, the most notable for sure. Um, and that ends this episode all about celebrities in wrestling. That was a journey and a half, gentlemen. 
Oh, that was so much fun. It gave me so many memories. I'm like, hey, that was actually really good, but also that was really bad, but also really funny at the same time. And I believe this <laughs> this is our longest running episode, or our longest oh, is it? duration. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we, we went, man, because there's so much to talk about, about these people <laughs> popping in and out of wrestling that we could Dude, not we, have has, had it has, be has, so has, the, has the streak of Kofi Mania finally been beaten? It may have been. My it God. It may have been we shall see when i upload this uh we'll see what the uh the official time for this on spotify what it says yeah <laughs> anyway next episode i am really excited to talk about this one we've talked about silliness a lot of silliness with celebrities and wrestling but oh no no wait I'm, to... I'm sorry sorry correction it isn't it's currently the cruiserweight division ah oh yes so it's it longer is. by seven minutes. <laughs> right, so we're, we're, we're having to beat the Cruiserweight division. I think we might be beating the Cruiserweight division on this one. All right. Mm. For sure. But as I was saying, the silliness is only going to get ramped up for the next episode because we are going to be giving you, you two especially as well, an introduction into DDT Pro. What in God's My name heart is, is just like singing. Oh, I, I am know. so excited for this one. You will not believe it. I cannot wait to show Reardon matches all about uh, what take place in leisure centres, swimming pools, office complexes, outside, inside, uh, and Kota Ibushi. This one's going to be a lot about Kota Ibushi. <laughs> I'm gonna be show. I'm gonna be showing you the. <laughs> the uh the chris brooks match from i believe this year yes where they start off the match and then just not even in the ring yet <laughs> oh and by the way we're going to i'm also going to introduce you Reardon, to probably one of the most dominating wrestlers of all time super giant panda but until then i have been sam this has been dan and Reardon, and you have been listening to the sweet chin web podcast we will see you as ever on the next one Bye! Stan Yoshihiko.